everyone always seems to be like rushing somewhere like they rush to get to work and then they rush to eat their food and then like even rush to get home so they could like rush to go to bed nobody seems to like have any work-life balance here um and uh we and because it's partly because our cost of living is so extremely high that we are always in fear of like not having enough money or not being able to just live our lives or not having like like good shelter (laughs) um and people are always like hustling and they're always worried and they're always trying to make more money and we have people in general like as adults we just have so much responsibility and sometimes we forget we're like why are we so stressed all the time and like oh yeah i have so much responsibility in my life um but yeah in general in toronto i feel like people are really anxious and it sort of like contributes to my anxiety yeah but also working um i think my anxiety also comes from the fact that like we work in precarious employment you know and we don't have a ton of job security and our job security could be based on the fact that like you know, it's it's based on our performance at work, partly. Um, it's based on our economy. It's based on how much money our clients have to pay us. It's based on how many makeup artists are working in the city. It's based on who's doing the work. Like, we have anxiety because we are always having to work hard to conduct ourselves at a really high level and perform at a high level because that's what supports our livelihood. And this is your host, Rhiannon Marquez. And we're back with this week's episode with the talented makeup artist, Romy Zach. Before we get into it, don't forget to share support as a patron. You can make a donation at patreon.com slash framed Any amount makes all the difference and helps guarantee good content and allows these interviews to occur. Also, Give us a follow on Instagram. We can be found under at FWLpodcast, where you will get to see each week's guest and some sound bites from their interviews that really resonate. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. You know you want to. This way, you won't miss a beat. And we aren't a platform that swamps your feed and storage space. Every other week, we release a new episode so it never feels like information overload. This season, I haven't been sharing as much of my own personal journey. A large part of that is because I don't want to steal the spotlight from our talented guests. But also, how nervous it makes me. In the past, I've shared about relationships that didn't work out, or my own naivete. And those words weren't swallowed into a vacuum. I did have some bite back from acquaintances that listened to the podcast, but I want to stay true to the vulnerable power of this podcast and strive to be authentic at all times. Romy mentioned how important her family is to her in this week's episode, and that is a key relationship in her career, and I think that many of us relate but I also think many of us struggle with our familial relationships. I live in a completely different country to my family, and that does provide challenges, but also gives us this breathing room to understand each other better. This space disappeared as they came to visit for a wedding, and 
I remembered, oh, so quickly, the sore spots. It's interesting how quickly we can revert to our old childhood selves, run back with our closest family. We love them, yet they hurt us. But they so often don't realize it. There really is no malintent in many cases, but it is the back and forth we come to know. And if you grow up and leave, it's not one that you confront daily. While my family was visiting, I called us an Uber. And in a casual conversation with my dad, I said, I'm intuitive, in an off-kilter, joking way. His response was to ask me arithmetic riddles. I'll give you an example. There's a tennis racket and ball. Together, they are a dollar ten cents. The racket is a dollar more than the ball. How much is the ball? Many of you probably thought that if the tennis racket and ball together are a dollar ten cents, and the racket is a dollar more than the ball. The ball must be ten cents. At least that's what I thought, but it was too easy of an answer. The question was obviously meant to be more complex. The ball would in fact be five cents for the racket to be a dollar more. My dad continued asking me a few questions like this to my dismay, and as hard as I tried to deflect, he didn't stop. My sister got them and exclaimed, how could I not? In that moment, I wanted to cry. I had to use all my effort to not cry in the back of an Uber because I felt stupid. I felt like my dad saw me as stupid. And all the work that I had done to realize the analytical, scientific nature, he saw the world just wasn't the way that I did, had been for nothing. It meant that I was lesser than. I might have been projecting, storing all my experiences of feeling like I wasn't capable, and then being triggered by a simple question. It took viewing the whole thing from a distance for me to come to terms with it all being okay. That I have a way stronger right brain than my doctor dad, sees the world in his analytical way, and that's okay. He doesn't enjoy the colorful way through which I view the world. But we need this combination. We balance each other out. Without further ado, I wish to introduce Romy Zach, a Toronto-based hair and makeup artist. She is an alumnus of Complexions College of Makeup Art and Design and has years of experience in fashion, commercial, and print media. She has a deep appreciation for the fundamentals of skincare and gives us some tips for how to look after our skin in this episode. Her work has been featured in Fashion Magazine, Flannel Magazine, The Kit, Vogue, Toronto Life, and more. Romy strives to evoke the natural beauty in every person. Today you will hear her approach for getting to know her clients and giving them what they want, and how she juggles the creative side and the admin side of things, the precarious nature of creative work that doesn't make it easy, but she really knows how to make stuff happen. Woman well lit 
piece together with something like love. So I'm here today with Romy. <laughs> and um, so the question that I typically start off with was, did you always know that you wanted to be a creative? Like growing up, what did you want to be? Um, I didn't always know that I wanted to be a creative or work in a, a creative career. Certainly as like a makeup artist, uh, people always ask me like, oh, did you always know that? Did you know you want to be a makeup artist? And I always struggle for the answer because I want to tell them like, yes, I knew. And I, I always did makeup when I was little and I painted it and I drew and like, I want to give them all these reasons to make them believe that I was going to be a makeup artist. But the truth is, is that I never knew that I was going to be a makeup artist. I wanted to be a veterinarian when I was younger, yeah. specifically a large animal veterinarian because I loved horses and I wanted to like live in the countryside and take care of horses. And because we had cats and dogs and like our animals are such a huge part of our family. But uh, no, I, I didn't always think that. Um, I knew I wasn't going to be a veterinarian as I got older because I was terrible at math. <laughs> and it was very traumatic for me. And like many, many evenings ended in me like in tears after my mom tried to help me with my math or like anyone else, I'd end up crying. Uh, so obviously I couldn't do that, <laughs> but uh, I actually grew up in a, a pretty creative household when I think about it. Uh, both my parents work uh, in the film industry, and um, they really encouraged uh, us and celebrated, they encouraged us to be creative and they really celebrated our creativity. And we actually spent a lot of time, my siblings and I, creating characters mm. and like narratives and storylines for those characters and like... Um, we'd put on like shows for my parents and we'd use our cats and dogs as the actors <laughs> and we'd do these little monologues and these skits and we'd choreograph dances and we'd work on impersonating people and we like still do that. Like, And would your parents film it? And um, No, they wouldn't film it. They, what would we would do is that like they'd go out for the evening and then like while they were gone we would like rehearse and then when they came back we would put on the, the show for them with like all of our animals and dress them up and stuff like that and we we would do a lot of dress up and we put on makeup and like we do all kind of those kinds of things so in retrospect when I think about it I did grow up in a creative household I just didn't realize that at the time and I didn't realize that all those things probably informed the career that I chose. So do you think that your parents' role as being creatives and within the film industry that helped you out in terms of becoming a makeup artist? I think it helped us because, helped me I should say, because like my parents always encouraged us to draw and lots of reading and lots of writing and lots of like uh, just like crafting and painting and like doing lots of art and like I think those things, encouraging us to do those things ultimately led me to choose to express myself in this way. Yeah. Awesome. So what was your first job, like, not necessarily as a makeup artist, um, like, even it could be a joke job, what was your first job? Um, my first job was, <laughs> I worked as the merch girl for my brother's ska band. <laughs> um, he had this, like, successful ska band, Toronto ska band, when he was, like, for, like, four years. Um, and uh, my mom was, like, really pressured me to, like, go to their shows with them, like, I would in, weigh in Ontario sometimes and like I'd have to like sell people t-shirts and I'd have to be like friendly and I'd have to learn to like how to sell with people and obviously math was the problem. <laughs> so I but I mean you must have had like a little calculator. <laughs> yeah I did I did um and uh so yeah my first job was actually like going around to like different towns in Ontario with my brother um selling the merchandise for his band and um it 
helped me to grow a lot of confidence and it taught me how to talk to people and how to relate to people um, and just how to kind of like turn your personality on. Right. Uh, and it bonded me a lot with my brother as well. My, okay. This was my second oldest brother. Right. So, and then when you got into, well, actually, tell us a bit about how you decided to study makeup. Sure. And, yeah. Um, so, uh, when I was like 17, I went to like the first wedding my family had ever had, and I had my hair and makeup done by this woman. I remember sitting in this like big room at this hotel with like all the other women who were getting ready, like the women in my family, and I just remember being like so transfixed by this woman and how like she made people feel like she was like the epicenter of making everyone like laugh and feel comfortable and like everyone was having such a good time and it seemed like this little party and she seemed to be at the center of it um, at the same time making everyone like look beautiful and I could see that she was making everyone feel really really comfortable and they'd be so happy when they when she showed them how they looked and really excited and and I thought that that feeling was so cool that she could help people to feel beautiful and comfortable on a really important day in their lives and um I really like wanted to make people feel that way and so I decided to go to a makeup school um I don't think it's called this anymore but at the time it was complexions culture makeup art and design and it was a four-month program um, that taught hair, makeup, um, styling, and just just the general, you know, what it's like to be on set. And it was the first kind of program of its kind. And it was actually taught by people who worked in the industry. And so was that downtown Toronto? Yeah, it was at Queen and um, Church. Okay. It was a program that was really geared towards... Um, trying to help artists get into agencies and be signed by agencies and no program had ever taught people that before people kind of just had to like assist other artists and figure it out on their own um so we had um a, one of our teachers was actually a working stylist and she was represented by one of the agencies in toronto and um yeah she taught us like how like to develop our books to be appealing to agents um, in makeup, we learned a lot about creating no makeup makeup, which is generally what clients want for advertising. Um, we learned how to conduct ourselves on set. Sometimes we were even taken on set onto shoots with like onto creatives with makeup artists and other like stylists. Uh, yeah, and just like the general way you need to conduct yourself and how to talk to clients and, you know, how to be an assistant, like all these things that like people just had to learn on their own through trial and error, but um, I kind of had a solid foundation that I could build from. Right. And when I graduated from makeup school, uh, I started to assist other makeup artists, more senior makeup artists, working with them on set, helping them. It could be anything from like just washing their brushes or, you know, when they had lots of models to do, they would be doing their makeup and I would be on set watching the monitor, touching up, making sure everybody looked good on camera. And as time progressed, you know, you work alongside those makeup artists, you do makeup with them, you do hair with them, you grow close with them. I've been an assistant for about five years now. And the experience of assisting is like really invaluable mm -hmm. to be able to learn from senior people 
learn, like, understand how they work, what their process is, how they approach different situations, how they interact with everyone on set, um, what they do when they encounter a problem, how they solve that, how they handle that, mm. uh, how they organize their kit, what products they use, how they like to do certain things depending on lighting. Like, there's just there's a wealth of information that you can learn from other people. And so assisting has been really a huge focal point of the way that I've developed in my career. Yeah, that's amazing. And with your jobs, like I found that your makeup does seem very like light and airy Thank and you. natural. And Thank you. Is that the look that you're mostly going for? Do you prefer doing that type of thing? or? I do, yeah. I, I really like to just, I want to make people look like uh, a more polished version of themselves. I want to make people look natural but sophisticated. And I really just love like enhancing people's beauty. I love making them look glowy and healthy, and it kind of makes me think of my mom, I think. Like, I was thinking about it before, and I was thinking about how, like, my mom is kind of my beauty inspiration, because growing up, my mom, like, was always really natural, but she would, like, always seem to have, like, tan skin all the time, despite living in Canada, um, and she'd always have, like, like, a lip gloss, and her hair would be, like, curly, and she'd have, like, a few highlights in it, but she just looked, always looked really, like beautiful and natural and like sun-kissed and glowy and it wasn't like she ever like did a ton of things and she always had like invested in her skincare and like great skin and so that she was kind of the person I looked to growing up for beauty and she really informed I guess my aesthetic overall now that I think about it um but yeah I like to I like to just make people look more natural and comfortable and um just like themselves just a little bit more cute so how do you kind of get to know their, their personality or be able to show it through the makeup? Um, well, I think it's really, like, as a makeup artist, I think something that you really need to refine is your ability to listen to people and understand what they want, understand who they are, understand their lifestyle, their personality, what kind of event they're going to, how they see themselves out in the world. Like, you really need to put yourself into their shoes, listen to them, ask them questions that, like, really get to the heart of who they are, and then you can work with them to create a look. So what's really hard to do, I think, is it starts with listening to people and understanding what they want and how they want to feel. I think the understanding how they want to feel is really important. So you were saying with your mother... That she gave you a lot of inspiration. Would you say that that's one of the more important relationships that's oh, helped yeah. you with your career? My relationship with my mom is super important, and the relationship I have with my siblings is super important. Um, my family are just like the people who I'm extremely close with. If you want to talk about like uh, talking about belief, I remember telling mm-hmm. you about belief, but the belief I have strongly is my family. Like they're the most important people in my life, and like. I've been through so many experiences with them and I've grown with them so much and I'm so bonded to them and they really helped me to improve myself because they um, hold me accountable. Mm-hmm. They hold my uh, behavior accountable. They hold my actions accountable. They'll be honest with me if uh, they do something I don't agree with or they'll be honest with me if they think I could do something differently. So yeah. They're... So like they don't hold back. They, they Oh no, me. no. They tell me like 100%. And um I actually, even though all my siblings and my mom, they all work in different industries, I always ask them for their opinion um, on, like, an issue I'm having or 
if I'm trying to figure something out or like with my book, I always, before I ever post anything or put, you know, like put anything into my book, I always ask each member of my family what they think of the images mm -hmm. and like how the images make them feel. And um, they're because they're outsiders to my industry, I feel like they can actually give really good insights. I and, do agree with that. I think it is important. Like this podcast is about like creatives and how relationships fuel their creativity and them speaking about their passion and their job but we need the people that aren't necessarily creatives we need their insight as well mm -hmm. so I do think what you were saying it is really important to get their feedback yeah because they're looking at it from the like this totally different perspective like they're not a photographer looking at the light they're not a makeup artist looking at the skin they're not a stylist like looking at the clothing like they're just looking at it as a person and mm -hmm. saying like if they can tell you like I like this image or like I don't like this image because like it looks like this or it makes me feel this way and like those perspectives are just as important because they're also like my siblings represent the people who are going to also hire me like you know brides are not necessarily people who always work in creative professions mm -hmm. clients are people who have a photography background like they're real people and they can speak about how an image makes them feel and so like you need that other perspective from people who don't necessarily work in the industry because it can actually be sometimes the coldest one. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's the audience that you're really creating for yeah, a lot exactly. of the time. Exactly, exactly. Mm -hmm. So yeah, my my family is like really important and the relationships I have with each of them is different, but really actually essential to me being able to work in my career because they support me and they help me and they, like I said, they hold me accountable. So what have been some of the challenges for you in, in terms of the creative career as a makeup artist? Um, I think one of the biggest challenges I've had is that I'm actually a very introverted person. Really? Yeah, I am. <laughs> um, I'm an introverted person and um, I have like some social anxiety as well. Um, and growing up, I was kind of like a loner. Um, I didn't, I had friends, but I like to spend a lot of time with my family and either by myself or with my animals. And um, so, you know, I work in a career where I'm constantly in contact with multiple people. And most importantly, I'm in very intimate contact with models, you know, I'm touching their face, I'm touching their hair, I'm, I'm doing things that only maybe like very special people in their family usually do. And so because of that, you have to be able to talk to people and connect with them and make them feel comfortable with you and ultimately trust you. Um, so I really had to work on my social skills and I really had to work on my confidence and I really had to work on just, you know, feeling comfortable to be myself because like that's the only way to really truly connect with people. Mm -hmm. People, um, I feel when you're vulnerable with them and you're honest with them and you show yourself to them, people really appreciate that, I should say. And so it really helps to establish a very strong connection. And in order to be successful in this career, it's entirely based on your connections and your relationships. It's really true. Yeah. Do you find it's gotten easier the more that you do it? Yeah, it has gotten easier because I've grown up more and I feel less self-conscious. And, you know, I because I've built relationships with people, I feel comfortable with those people. And they know me and they accept me for who I am. And... I've just become more experienced, so I, I, my confidence has grown, so I, I, those feelings have faded a little bit, but sometimes they still rear their head. Yeah, but you have, like, the skill set to back you Yeah, exactly, zero. exactly. Yeah. You don't, you, like, I think for every job you have, like, you always feel that little, like, like, twang of anxiety mm -hmm. and a little bit of panic, 
but I feel like if you don't have that, you don't really love it anymore. Yeah. I think it helps you perform. Like, yeah, you know, it does. It motivates you. you. Exactly. It motivates you, and it keeps you on your toes and makes sure, make sure that you're you're focused and you're alert. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, definitely being an introverted person has been, like, my challenge, for sure. Mm-hmm. Coming out of my shell and having to interact with people in that way and not just do their makeup and be silent. Right. So is it, like, a challenge that you're always, like – push yourself to overcome like they yeah, yeah yeah I think it's very important to push yourself I've learned that putting yourself into uncomfortable situations or doing things you really don't want to do those are the moments when you grow most and like it really helps to strengthen your character mm-hmm. and make you a stronger person and a person who has more confidence and who's more sure of themselves and avoiding those things means you're afraid of it but doing what you're afraid of is actually the best thing for you. Yeah, it'll help you grow for sure. Oh, yeah, and, like, talking about failure, mm-hmm. um, uh, I don't think I have a favorite failure because, like, it, there's too many to choose from. <laughs> um, like, I was thinking about that. I'm like, it's kind of like a mother who's like, oh, I love all my children equally. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah, I love all my failures equally. Yeah. Uh, it's, like, especially in this job, um, failure is just, like, a regular part of your life. And rejection is also a regular part of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, there's always going to be a makeup artist who's better than you. And you're always going to be on set and you might mess something up. Um, but it's very important to have those experiences because that's the only way to learn. Um, nobody is ever perfect at doing somebody's like winged eyeliner the first time. Maybe you're never perfect at it, but you, if you do it over and over and over and over again, you will get better. Um, but it's a lot of trial and error and you have to remember that nobody's perfect and you have to have a lot of humility and patience and continue to believe in yourself and keep going. And that in itself is hard and that helps you to grow and develop is if you push yourself forward, despite the fact that you're failing often. You seem like you've really been able to kind of remove yourself from it, like see it from a distance and not take it so personally like how thank you for thank you I didn't think of it that way (laughs) I guess that's true I just maybe I just think about it a lot yeah like I think a lot about um because I'm I like used to get so upset when I wouldn't do something good like well like I used to get so upset and I'd be like I should just stop being a makeup artist like that eyebrow wasn't groomed enough and like Mm -hmm. like that eyeliner wasn't perfect enough and that should have been blended more and like I'll criticize myself till the cows come home and I just was so exhausted from doing that that I just had to stop doing it and I had to find ways to like pull myself back and be able to look at my behavior and like how to like be kinder to myself and um how to uh cope with like all the stuff that's flung at you as a makeup artist all the time like nobody can just deal with all that stuff so you have to find a way to like uh put it somewhere else and look at it later yeah I don't know if that sounded very good no no it makes sense yeah it makes sense sort of yeah kind of like compartmentalize yeah everything yeah 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 you have to be able to and also I just I feel like I also talk about my feelings a lot with my family so So it helps you to process it yeah and I think that's why I maybe that's why I'm able to have like a little bit of perspective on it is because like I talk about it a lot and I talk about how I feel a lot because it's very important to do that because it helps you to relieve anxiety and stress and worry and all these things mm-hmm. is to vent and talk about it and also 
when you talk about it, you have more perspective on it mm-hmm. and clarity. Do you think that in terms of anxiety, being in the city, being in Toronto contributes to that? I do think 100%. that the anxiety rate here is like a lot higher than... Yeah. I mean, I, well, I guess cities in general, it's a lot higher because there's this competitive nature that you yeah. don't have elsewhere. Yeah, I definitely think that um, living in Toronto contributes to uh, my anxiety and the general anxiety that I feel amongst other people. And I, I do, like, when I look at people's faces, <laughs> they just seem to be contorted, <laughs> like, twisted in this anxiety. <laughs> like, Or they're, like, hauling ass to get to work. Everyone always seems to be, like, rushing somewhere. Like, they rush to get to work, and then they rush to eat their food, and then, like, they even rush to get home so they could, like, rush to go to bed. Yeah. Like, and um, nobody seems to, like, have any work-life balance here. And uh, we, because it's partly because our cost of living is so extremely high that we are always in fear of, like, not having enough money or not being able to just live our lives or not having, like, good shelter. Yeah. Um, and people are always like hustling and they're always worried and they're always trying to make more money and they have people in general, like as adults, we just have so much responsibility and sometimes we forget, we're like, why are we so stressed all the time? And like, oh yeah, I have so much responsibility in my life. Um, but yeah, in general in Toronto, I feel like people are really anxious and it certainly contributes to my anxiety. Yeah. But also working, um, I think my anxiety also comes from the fact that like we, work in precarious employment, you know, and our, we don't have a ton of job security and our job security, like, could be based on the fact of like, you know, it's, it's based on our performance at work partly. Um, it's based on our economy. It's based on how much money our clients have to pay us. It's based on how many makeup artists are working in the city. It's based on who's doing the work. Like, we have anxiety because we are always having to work hard to conduct ourselves at a really high level and perform at a high level because that's what supports our livelihood. Um, so, you know, when you're thinking about that all the time, it's hard to not be worried and have anxiety. Yeah. You like having to always um, work at a certain level in order to maintain the momentum that you've built. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's difficult, I think. And yeah, working in Toronto, I don't know, like, there's a lot of work, but there's also a lot of artists. Yeah, like, that was something I was speaking about with, with my therapist, actually, like, how hard it is in terms of, like, you want to land all those jobs, yeah. but you have to really put yourself out there each yeah. time as a creative. It's not the same in terms of being employed by a good company, that you have those secure benefits yeah. all the time, and you don't need to worry about that. And a lot of people think that our jobs seem, like, so fun and yeah. enjoyable and, like, freelance life. Or, but it's, like, that struggle of you need to maintain this constant stream of jobs, and yeah. that's hard. Oh, yeah. You're you're totally right. People are always, like, people are always, like, wow, your job seems really cool and really fun. And it, it totally is. And it's, it is, like, there are certain moments where I'm just, like, wow, like, this is really awesome. And there are certain moments where I get to work on something super glamorous and I get to work with people who are just so talented and that's really fun, um, but it, at the same time, we every single job we go to, we work with different people. Every single job we go to, we need to be engaged. We need to be mentally present. We need to execute our work at a very like high level of quality quickly. We need to make sure that we are being kind and respectful to everyone on set. 
that we're greeting everybody. We need to make sure that we are watching the monitor and making sure everything looks good. And all those things require um, so much physical energy, uh, mental energy, emotional energy, and you have to do that every single day sometimes. Like you always have to be on. Exactly, you always have to be on and that's, um, it can be very exhausting um, and it can really burn you out. And, you know, at the same time, you don't want to say no to anything because if you say no, maybe they're going to find somebody else and maybe they'll like that person more. Um, or if you say no enough times, they're going to find someone else, I should say. So you're constantly wanting to have to keep all these people happy. And every single day you're putting all of your energy into this thing and keeping that momentum going, as we were saying, and that is, can really exhaust you. And there's nobody, you know, there's, if you want to take a day off, that's up to you to budget that time. Uh, let people know that you're not available that day. Hope that none of your, like the clients who are, you are very important to you, uh, but want to book you that day. So a lot of constantly managing the anxiety. Yeah, for sure. yeah exactly. And we're not just you know, doing makeup, we're, we're going home and we're writing invoices and we're doing administrative work and we're getting on conference calls with clients and we're organizing mood boards and we're helping people to figure out beauty direction and we're doing all the things that, all the administrative things that we need to do in order to support our jobs. So yeah. like it's, it's a lot of moving parts and um, as much as our jobs are fun, a lot of people don't understand that there's just so much more than just doing hair or doing makeup or taking a photo. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then in terms of being in Toronto, would you ever think of being anywhere else or is it just like, this is home because this is where family is? I like love to work somewhere else. Um, the idea is also to be honest, kind of frightening because when you go to another market, um, it's foreign to you. What you're essentially doing is starting over from scratch. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you have to kind of begin that whole career process over again. You know, if you went to LA or New York or Europe, you're just, you're assisting again, you're building again, you're making those connections again. And you're, for me, I would be doing it without the support of my family. Mm -hmm. And like, because they're the most important people to me and being around them gives me happiness and joy. I think I probably would want to stay in Toronto. Mm -hmm. um, I love the work that people produce in other markets and like it serves as such inspiration to me and I admire it so much but like I think being in Toronto would be ideal for me because like the people who made me who I am are here mm -hmm. and like um, my identity is here and I don't know if I would be the same person if I left and I don't know who I would become yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I think like for me being with the people who I love so much is like that's more important than like any job or any career yeah. to me is being around the people I love. Yeah. I mean, it's an important element of life. Like life yeah. isn't all about yeah. work. Yeah. yeah. It's for other people. Like it, it can be the thing that's like the best thing for them. And like they grow so much and it's really important for them. But for me, I feel like Jai needs, I think I would want to stay in Toronto because like, that's like the most important thing yeah. in my life. Yeah. So in terms of, more practical tips. I was also yeah. wondering, as a makeup artist, like what skincare um, regimen would you suggest to people? Um, I think skincare is super important. It is like the most important thing sometimes when you're doing someone's makeup because like it's the basis for a beautiful makeup. Um, and you know, if you work on your skincare and you invest in your skincare, it also means that you don't need to wear as much makeup. 
and it is like the first step towards getting a beautiful glowy face and when I talk to people about skincare or when I'm doing their makeup I like to like assess their skin talk about their lifestyle talk about what's practical for them what their budget is and then after kind of assessing all those things I'll talk to them about like what a good skincare routine would look like for them mm-hmm. based on like their lifestyle and their budget and stuff mm-hmm. but I really believe like for me when I'm doing somebody's makeup the biggest the part of my kit I feel like I spend most money on that's like most like I have the most products is skincare because mm-hmm. like I like to be able to tailor my skincare to each person because everyone's skin is different you know like some a lot of people I find they don't have a lot of hydration and they need lots of hydration in order to like make their foundation go on smoothly and and create that beautiful glow and like make sure that things last on their face all day long like I have a, a whole host of products that I like to combine and use together to fit everyone's skin type because to me it's like it's the underpinning of a good makeup is good skincare so what items do you think like every day someone should use like no matter what um sunscreen 100% like sunscreen even if it's not hot and oh, sunny never yet. no because people think that like oh it's not summertime I don't need sunscreen like hello the sun comes out in the winter and <laughs> 90% of the damage to your skin is from UVA damage and that is what discolors your skin it creates lines like it uh it's super important to wear sunscreen every day and like I know this is insane, but even reapplying it, like, in the winter, I know no one's going to do that ever, except <laughs> me, and, like, the people that I badger to do that. Yeah. I feel like I'm on a slow campaign of, like, <laughs> everyone must wear a sunscreen. Yeah. Like, is it okay if it's, like, uh, there's a foundation that has sunscreen in it? Yeah, it yeah, yeah. or a moisturizer that has SPF in it, that's mm-hmm. okay. I probably just wouldn't use that moisturizer at night. Mm-hmm. Um, but wearing SPF is super important one thing I when I do someone's makeup, something I always do for most people is I always use like a hydrating water beforehand or like a hydrating spray because I find that you can't just like for most people, you can't just like slap on your moisturizer and be like, okay, let's get to work. Like most people need their skin softened and they kind of need it to be a little bit ready to receive uh, more product. Um, so a spray or a water really helps to like that first step towards hydrating the skin and softening the skin so that it can actually penetrate and absorb the moisturizer. Some people even like to use like a hydrating serum. Like I really like to generally layer hydrating products for people because that's how you really build like long lasting moisture in their skin is by actually penetrating the skin with different products and then sealing it all in with a moisturizer after them protecting the moisture barrier. So the moisturizer will be last, the last one. Yeah, I mean, not everybody needs all these things. Mm -hmm. I just find that most people do because we, like, Ontario is very dry here, Mm -hmm. and most people drink lots of coffee, Mm -hmm. and they don't drink a lot of water, and they eat a lot of salty food, and they do all these things to deplete their, like, hydration. Mm -hmm. Um, So I find that people do generally need that. We're mostly working with, like, very real people Mm -hmm. for the most part, which I really appreciate. So I typically end with what tips would you give to someone starting out in the beauty industry? I think for one thing, like I should say, it's difficult. This is not a job for the faint of heart. It requires a lot of hard work and a lot of perseverance and a lot of patience. I think that people should, like, the most important thing, as I said, is to build those relationships with people. Uh, It's really important to treat people with respect and kindness. People always remember that 
um, and people pay it forward to you. In order to really support yourself with this job, those relationships are essential. I think taking risks is really important and not being afraid to try different things and being okay that it's not going to work out the first time and probably not the second time or third time, but like as you keep going and working, over time you'll really see a difference in your work, but it's important to, you know, persevere and not doubt yourself and keep going because ultimately you'll see a result. But yeah, I think just conducting yourself on set with a lot of decorum, being, uh, learning everyone's name, saying hi to everybody, being respectful of their space, being respectful of their job, always being open to learning. And if you have an opportunity to learn from someone who's really talented, always take it because the things you can learn from other people and the experiences you can have to learn from other people are really invaluable in this kind of industry because a lot of our education happens on the job. Yeah, I think just persevering is super important and, and it's really hard because you feel like maybe you're not making any progress or you're not making the right decisions and you know you, there's no like manual or playbook or like guidance that you have you kind of have to like figure it out and you have to make relationships with people who can provide you with a bit of guidance um and over time I think your aesthetic and your style and the person you are will become more clear to you well, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate it. And that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And please don't forget to go support the podcast at Patreon. That's patreon.com slash framed with love. And you can find all of Rami's work at ramisack.com or on Instagram at Ramizak. It was a pleasure talking with her, and she's worked on such amazing campaigns. She recently worked with Nike in a campaign supporting women, and it's so beautiful. There's so much more of her work that you should definitely go and check out. And our next guest is going to be Trinidadian-raised blogger, now based in Toronto, Antonia Fifi. And she has her own fashion line, Mason Fifi. So I hope that you check back in with us for that one. She's a mom and a blogger really doing her thing. She's been featured in quite a few magazines. And she was also a pleasure to talk to. So in a couple weeks, she'll be our future guest. And hope to see you then. Have a good one. And keep framing your life with love. There's laughter. And quiet moments shared between lovers and friends. Every time the